So Deanna, you have had your first week of full-time self-employment. Um, what are your impressions? What is, what is your, what was like the biggest challenge that you didn't know that you would face or didn't expect? And what was your favorite perk of being self-employed? It's the biggest challenge was I thought I would have a lot more time to complete all these trainings that I've been, you know, putting on the back burner and um, just getting organized, trying to put together, you know, like templates, have more structure for my business. And I didn't get to any of that <laughs> into a single training. Um, I guess a lot of still like personal stuff is still like, getting in the way. Um, so I think really trying to figure out how to probably like just maybe do time blocking or better manage my schedule. Um, but Are for you- sure the... Uh, are you a list person? Yes. You, yeah, you're a list person, yeah. a checkbox kind of person. <laughs> yeah. I actually find that to be um, a better way to kind of stay on top of your task and make sure that you're getting things done. Do you deviate from your list? I do. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I make it and then I <laughs> don't actually follow it. <laughs> but I'm constantly making the list. <laughs> Well, I think what you can do is take your list and then give yourself blocks of time. Like it's a combination of both time blocking and listing and say that like from, I don't know, for the next hour, I'm going to do things that are only on my to-do list. And then after that, I'll give myself permission to run and do some personal errands or whatever it might be. And then come back to your list so that you have like set times. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I, I definitely need to do that. Um, and I think the other one is definitely like my husband, um, yeah, still interrupting me. And I, I know he like, he's trying to get better at it too. Cause he definitely wants me to focus and he needs to focus on his own stuff. So we definitely distract each other a lot. Is he working from home full time? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, there's definitely yeah. benefits to that, but, um, and you guys, well, you guys are very fancy. You guys actually have, um, another place, but did you get that one rented out? Yeah, finally. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the tenants are there. You couldn't even like split up your time technically then and be um, like, I'm going <laughs> to the other house. <laughs> no, that would be cool. That would be I, very cool. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the best part was definitely um, just not having like the interruptions from my other job. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably that and not having to drive two hours to go to court. Oh, gosh. Yep. And have things be canceled just to when you get there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I did have an issue once where I could not unmute myself and it was like the most stressful thing in the world. That is um, very I, stressful. I yeah. called back. It was all fine. Like opposing counsel was cool, but it was like <laughs> the it most is. nerve-wracking thing ever. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> Why can't they hear me? <laughs> Welcome to Founders Fika with Deanna and Desiree. Okay. So let's just jump into it. Today we're talking about reschedules. Um, Now this is interesting because most people don't actually have a reschedule clause in their contract, but it's like the most likely thing to happen. It's not really common 
it's more common to get a couple to say, hey, we need to change our date or change our location or whatever it is, rather than cancel the, the wedding. Um, <clears throat> so it's really, really important to have a reschedule clause. If you're thinking, well, I'm pretty flexible, and if a client wanted to change their date on me, if I'm available, then I'll just work it. You know, I'm not going to nitpick about like change in prices and blah, blah, blah. First of all, let me tell you, that's easy to say now when it's hypothetical, but the number of people who come to me when they're like, well, it's not really fair, and I change my prices and blah, 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 and I ask, is it in your contract? And they say, no. Yeah, that's just about everybody that comes to me. Clearly, it's a self-selecting group, but still, you tend to care when it actually happens to you, and that's the wrong time to think about having that kind of clause in your contract. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that happens is the question of like, well, what happens to the retainer, which we're going to call the booking fee for the rest of the episode. See episode uh, can cancellations to figure out why. Um, what happens to that, that booking fee? Um, most people will say, we're just going to, I'll reapply it to your new date. <clears throat> That's bad <laughs> um, for a few reasons. Number one, it's not really fair to you. If you know, if you know what a booking fee is for, it doesn't really make sense to do that because you're giving up money for services that you have performed. Um, but number two, it starts to look like a deposit instead of a non-refundable retainer or a booking fee that you've already earned. And if that's in your contract and it says, in the event of a reschedule, I'll reapply your retainer fee, your booking fee to your new date, that's going to, you know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And it's probably going to be um, more construed to be a deposit, which is refundable, than an actual retainer. Okay. Um <clears throat> So there are a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons um, that you should definitely have a reschedule uh, portion of the contract. My kids are um, being crazy. So, all right. So let's let's start from just like the beginning principles, Deanna. What what is the purpose of the booking fee? Let's talk about that. And so the purpose of the booking fee is really just for the um, the wedding vendor to hold the date for their client so that they don't, you know, book any other events. So basically just marking off that on their calendar that they're not available to work any other events because they're saving that date for you. So that's really what you're paying for. As we mentioned in the previous episode on cancellations, your booking fee should really be about um, like 20 to 35% of your like base package, um, like if you're a wedding photographer, so that that booking fee is the same regardless if you're booking a three thousand dollar wedding or a ten thousand dollar wedding, right? Because the action, the the service that you're giving is the same regardless of what they end up spending for you. The same way that you wouldn't change your price for an engagement session if it was somebody who was booking a three thousand dollar wedding or a ten thousand dollar wedding, you know, the cost of an engagement session is the same, and your booking fee remains the same because it's the same service. Yeah. And I guess there could be situations where your booking fee um, changes depending on maybe like the season, right? So if there's a certain... Yeah. You could you could do it more seasonally if you are somebody who does a lot of like, maybe you're working in a part of the state that is more season-based, um, like maybe in Tahoe, right? Maybe there are fewer weddings when it's snowy outside versus in the summer. 
And, you know, the advantages of doing it that way are that you're going to probably have more clients who appreciate the flexibility. But at the same time, um, it's hard to kind of, uh, it's hard to enforce that because what if your winter client now wants to reschedule to a summer wedding and they're like, well, what the heck? Why is the fee higher? Why is the booking fee higher to book you in the summer? And you have to go through that whole like explanation of like, well, you guys were during the off season. Now you're going to the on season. I guess it's not that like difficult to explain. I think clients know off season versus high season um, from from like the venue, but yeah, you'd you'd want to like put that in writing, be able to like articulate that very clearly in writing why it's different. Yeah, I think because that's something that could possibly come up with the reschedule, especially. Right, right. How do you want to execute a reschedule, Deanna? Yep. So similar to a cancellation, you would need your clients to send you something in writing um, saying that they want to reschedule. Right. And again, it has to be from your actual clients, the people who signed the contract. So anytime you're making amendments or changes to the contract, the parties, the people who signed the signatures need to have it in writing with each other and agree to that change. Okay. So if a client is writing saying, hey, we need to reschedule, you know, usually you're, you're just like, okay, if I'm available, let's do it. Um, great. And then you want to like put the terms in writing and then like appendix to your contract. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't get rid of – so like in our contract, we have at the end of the contract something called Appendix A, and that outlines all of the specific terms for that client like the location of the the ceremony, the location of the getting ready, the location of the reception. Um, how many hours are they getting? What kind of products are they getting if they're getting products? Um, second shooter, all of that. <clears throat> what you'd want to do is add an Appendix B, which will then supersede Appendix A with the new information for the reschedule. And that would be added to the contract um, with the new rescheduled information. So in terms of like execution, that's pretty straightforward and I think it's really easy. Um, but where things get kind of sticky is the client who says, oh man, you won't believe this. We need to reschedule again and again. Or they say, we need to reschedule. We don't have a date for you yet, but just so you know, we're releasing that date. We need to reschedule. In that situation, they're mitigating their damages by telling you, I need to release that date. You are entitled to keep their booking fee. You're entitled to keep their booking fee until you can rebook that date for something else, anything else, okay? You have to make an effort to rebook it. You can't just sit on it and say, well, I guess I'm going to go on vacation that day. You have to try to rebook that day. <clears throat> and in the event that you're able to rebook that day, you would then refund the client the amount that they paid you for that original wedding date. So that means that they have to pay you a new re a new booking fee for the rescheduled date that they want. So what if the client doesn't have that date yet? If they don't tell you what that date is and time passes and passes and you're not available and you have no idea what's going on, it's starting to look more like a cancellation. So you, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I always hear from vendors is I don't like holding on to clients and waiting for them to do whatever their part of the agreement is because it carries on forever and ever. Um, set a time. 
set a time in your reschedule contract, your clause that says, if you don't give me a new date um, by, I don't know, three months after telling me that you need to reschedule, I'm going to consider it a cancellation and we're going to do what's under the cancellation section of my contract instead. Or what about if they reschedule a lot? You know, they're like, oh, we need to reschedule this date and that date and, and do it again. Put a limit. Say anything more than two reschedules is going to be considered a cancellation. Um, keep in mind that that number might be a lot higher for folks who live in places where it's common to have um, military bases because that is something that you need to understand with your clientele, right? It's really, really common for clients who are in the service to have to rebook several times because of um, assignments. So, um, you know, we're not unaware of that. And, and that's something that you need to calculate into your own business model and like what your threshold is that you're comfortable with, with rebooking. Um, that said, you can always, you should, you should always let them know that prices are subject to change without notice to you. So, I might honor our original price the first time you reschedule, but after that, it's going to be whatever my prices are at that time that you asked to rebook. Yep. Um, anything else? Yes. So, episode now. <laughs> so how would you know? So you're saying that you have a duty to try, the vendor has a duty to try to um, rebook a date so that they could um, reimburse the client who canceled or rescheduled. So how do they refund, refund the client, right? You're because you haven't earned that fee. Um, so how would you how would the client know? And I always think of that like audio from Instagram, like, how would they know? They're gonna know. How would they know? Um, they're gonna know because everything is online, right? So they're going to be able to see either in your own website, your portfolio, online on your social media. Um, they should be fans of you and following you that, hey, turns out you did work a wedding, that original wedding date. And whether that is second shooting or assisting another vendor or your own client, you still need to refund the booking fee because you are not, you've, you've ended up doing something else during that day that they paid for um, that makes you money. That's it for this bonus episode. We'll catch you on our next episode next Monday. Do you have a business milestone that you want us to shout out on the pod? Let us know in the link in our bio. We want to celebrate with you. And before we go, there's a few things you should know. Founders Vika is for educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney licensed in your state if you need legal help. In some states like California, this podcast may be considered attorney advertising. 